0: May all grace, mercy, and peace come to you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, have you changed yet? You know, have you changed? Have you put on those new clothes? You know, the the, the obligatory socks you get in your Christmas stockings? Or, you know, the, the, the shirt or the scarf, you know, that your kids gave you? Even though they may be the same things they give you for Father's and Mother's Day? Or how about that? That aunt that sweater your aunt made for you, you know, the one that you always get every year when you were growing up that one sleeve was longer than the other one? <laughs> Have you changed? Have you put those clothes on yet? Did you get those for Christmas? Okay, maybe not, but maybe you got them, you, you remember getting them as you were growing up, and you remember when you unwrapped them and you, you looked at them, you, you forced a smile on your face and you forced a thank you out of your mouth, and halftime when you were saying thank you, you were muttering something else. <laughs> right? It, because why? It wasn't necessarily the, the shiny new toy you were expecting under the tree, was it? Or the new technology, perhaps, that you were expecting. But you know what? Christmas has a tendency to change people. It has a tendency, that's right, to change. Think about that for a moment. It's transformative. It, Christmas changes people for better or for worse, But it's meant to be transformative in the best way possible. Christ comes to change us. He comes to change individuals, to change whole communities, to transform lives. And how does he do it? By by turning the world upside down on itself. By doing the opposite of what society would do. By showing perfect love. A love that calls for what Paul calls kindness, Compassion, forgiveness, humility, meekness, patience. Characteristics that the Apostle Paul calls us to clothe ourselves into, to change into. You know, as with many of Paul's letters to uh, the churches, the various churches that he wrote, there was always a clothing factor, so to speak. He may not have always said to clothe ourselves directly, but he implied it. He implied putting on things, changing into things. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, Paul calls us to clothe ourselves with these qualities. This is a stark contrast to how Paul opened his letter to the Colossians early on. Early in chapter 3, Paul was telling us to take things off, to put to death those earthly qualities of sexual immorality and idolatry and impurities and all those evil desires and the covetousness that consumes our hearts and our minds. The things that we see in Western society when you turn on TV or you hear it in the media about how great you can be and all the wonderful things you can have if you just spend all that you got. As if those things could bring us eternal life or happiness. They might change us temporarily, but the minute that new car breaks down, it becomes a piece of junk and we say all kinds of things towards it, right? The minute we get out of the church on the 1792 heading to Bob Evans, somebody cuts us off. We're back to our human nature. The minute our football team doesn't win, you're yelling at the TV set, right? All these things that consume us and cause us to be something other than what God wants us to be. But we're to put on these qualities that Paul talks about, that Christ embodies and models and portrays for us, so that we may bear with one another in this world. Look at these new clothes that we're to wear. Let's look at them individually. Compassion, listening and understanding and and sharing in the feelings of others. Having empathy towards people. Kindness, that's one of the fruits of the spirits that Paul talks about. Meeting the basic needs of others, even despite what they may have said or done to us or despite how society may view them. How about humility? Honoring our fellow human beings, putting them on. Above our own needs and ourselves. Lowering ourselves to becoming servants the way that Christ served us. How about meekness? Building other people up. Putting aside our egos. How about patience? The one I absolutely struggle with. Have none of, but pray for often. Waiting on others while we wait on God to return. Great attributes. Great characteristics that Paul calls us to don. Christmas clothes, if you will. Clothes that that child embodies and models for us. And as we don ourselves with these qualities, then we're to use them to help us to be stewards of forgiveness. As the Lord forgives us, then we're called, as Paul tells us, to forgive others. And of course, these aren't self-serving qualities. We don't wear these clothes to say, hey, look at us and look what we've done. No, we clothe ourselves in this way to honor God, to glorify God, to expand His kingdom. Because there's a whole world out there. There's people in Castleberry and beyond that are hurting. We talked about this on Christmas Eve. There's a whole bunch of people who, are, who look at the this time of the year and don't see the blue of Advent for what it is. They see the blue of Advent for sadness and sorrow. The people who are, who are struggling. We're in a country that struggles right now as a whole, collectively. To care for one another, and these aren't things that we clothe ourselves only at Christmas time, but beyond, that we're called to wear every minute of every day of our lives. We don't just wear these for the sake of wearing them. We don't put them on just because Paul said so. We don't just smile and say thank you as we mutter something under our breaths as we thank Christ, but we we put them on joyfully as we reflect and remember why Jesus came, who He's for. He's not just for us sitting here in this room. He's not just for the the religious elite. But who did He come to spend this time with? The broken. People who so desperately need to have that joy and that peace raining down their lives, no matter what station of life we find ourselves in. And the reason that we put these on is to be prepared. Prepared for heaven. For the kingdom of heaven. Both in a sense of us experiencing heaven, but also in preparing to bring heaven to others who don't know what we have. Who haven't experienced it yet. And all these things, Paul tells us, are great, but they're nothing without one redeeming quality and that's love. A love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And where there's harmony in Christ, then there's unity in Christ. You might say that this clothing is uh, that Paul talks about is a uniform of sorts. And why do people wear uniforms? Well, we wear them at schools or in the military and sports because it's an identifier. That's who we identify with, whatever sports team or whatever school or or whatever you know, branch of service we've served in. This is how we recognize as being associated with something. And when you wear a uniform, you represent that institution that you serve, that you belong to. What Paul tells us to put on are the expectations of representing Christ. The expectations that we are to live up to in being a Christian and how we serve one another. And if there are others, if others are to experience heaven breaking in their lives, then coming to where they are, they need to be able to identify with who Christ is. And how are they to do that if we're not wearing those clothes? I remember years ago hearing of a story of a Christian missionary. He was a teacher who got into some misdemeanor trouble out in this this part of India, and he was dismissed from the church that he was serving, and he was. Highly embarrassed by it all. So much so that he fled to a distant part of of the country that was non-Christian. He ended up living the rest of his life there, became a potter in the community, eventually died there. Died of a brokenness and being ashamed. Years later, this church that excommunicated him sent a bunch of of evangelists out, and they ended up in this part of of India where this guy had gone off to. And when they went there... um, you know, they were telling stories of Christ and and uh, and sharing the gospel with everybody. And these people in the, in the crowd were amazed at what they were telling them. And they told these missionaries, we know the man that you're talking about. He lived here for years. And the preacher looked at him and says, that's impossible. We're talking about Jesus Christ. And the people answered him, well, this gentleman never told us his name. But the man you've described was our potter, without a doubt. And even though the man was broken and ashamed of what he had done in that church, he'd gone off and he continued to model Christ. So much so that when these evangelists came to him, they recognized exactly who Christ was. And so I look around and I go, I wonder how people see me. I wonder how they see you. I wonder how they see ascension. Are they seeing Christ coming into their communities? Are we prepared to go beyond these walls in our Christmas clothes, clothed and Humility and passion and, and, and patience and meekness and kindness? Would people see heaven breaking into the realities when we encounter them in our schools and in the grocery stores and in our communities? The peace of Christ dwells in our hearts and we became a part of one body. Uniformity, unity in Christ when we encountered Him at that baptismal font. and preparing ourselves for heaven's Christ calls us to change ourselves, to put on those Christmas clothes, preparing for the necessary change. Then, you know, we we have things that help us to prepare on a weekly basis in Holy Communion and in the Word of God that transforms our hearts, that causes us to change our minds and to act the way that we're called to act. We should be thankful for the clothes that Christ has given us. For these are clothes that transform and going about doing the work of God, then we prepare others for heaven through acts of kindness, like helping a complete stranger with the groceries or, or lending a listening ear to the lonely. Sharing our resources with our neighbors or helping our communities rebuild after natural disasters. Volunteering at a food pantry or at a homeless shelter. This Christmas, may we not look at the gifts we got under the tree with hope or despair, but rather look at them gratefully. More importantly, may we look At what Christmas is about and how Christ has transformed each and every one of us and put on a smile and not mutter under our breath, but put on a smile and say thank you. Thank you Jesus for transforming me. Help me Jesus to bring heaven to our communities. Because that's what Christ does. He transforms lives. He transforms communities. And he changes eternally. And to God be all the glory. Amen.